0: This is when the charisma gets turned on, okay? Hello, and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes, and this is my motherfucking podcast. I wanna thank you all for being here. Thank you all for being with me for five years of talking to people about music and life and love and the pursuit of happiness and all of those things. Uh, yeah. Feel free to make yourselves at home, and as always, there's beer and soda. Or at the bar. Make some noise for Brillo Box. (laughs) So, yeah, here we are. Five fucking years. 200 something episodes, hundreds upon hundreds of hours of conversations. I've talked with a lot of people, and I just want to let you all know that I'm still figuring it out. I haven't, I haven't quite figured it all out yet, and I don't even know if that's the point. I think if you stop learning, right, what's the point of living another day if you're not learning every day? I think. I haven't given it much thought. I thought about it. I think I'm correct. So today is a special day. I have five guests with me, four, four guests with me, five, including my better half and up here. And I'm going to start off today bringing up my first guest. My first guest is somebody that I've known for more than half of my life, a large Part of the reason why I got involved in music was because of this person. Uh, You know, he was one of the first people I knew who was in a band that played shows that was like, oh, like, you can do this. You know what I mean? And I think it's really cool that me and him are still friends. We've played in bands together and all those things. And uh, make some noise for my good pal, Mario.
1: Why well, don't you sit right here, friend? This is your mic. Good evening. Good evening. What's up, everybody? How's it going?
0: Yeah. Like I said, this is Mario. He, We played in a band called Butter together. It was our first band. It was our first band, yeah. It was one of the uh, first times that I recorded music was with Butter.
1: Yeah. 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 It was, I mean, um, you know, when you're you know, we're 18, 19, and there's, you know... I had a guitar and you had recording equipment. It was just a matter of, like, okay, well, let's just have some fun and wicked sense of humor approaching it you know
0: yeah i figured out a lot of stuff with this dude we had a we've had maybe like a dozen different bands throughout the course of our lives together i mean most of them weren't serious
1: yeah yeah it was it was more to entertain ourselves and our friends yeah they're gonna be here in two hours let's create a band and we would record (laughs) something and then we would play it for them and then they're like what is this called and we were like um Oh, God. We had Jungle Jam. My had- favorite
0: was uh, we we got a bunch of uh, stuff and just broke it in the basement.
1: <laughs> and we called we it beneath the tub. Oh, yeah, yeah. We recorded <laughs> that and then we recorded a, a, a screaming track and some vocal track. And then I was like, we played it all out and it's just not like a bunch of noise. I'm like, hey, why don't we just have it in complete reverse? Mm. So he just you inverted the track and it was just in reverse. It was just. I don't know. like Nowadays, you could call it like author and punisher or something. That's pretty much what it was, guys. I mean, it, you know. Yeah. That's all you have to do is just break some shit and make noise.
0: Yeah, and then put it in rhythm, and it works.
1: No, you don't even need that. Just break some shit. <laughs> <laughs> just break some shit and make some noise and hope for the best, and, you know, someone will dig it.
0: Yeah. So Mario's going to be my little... Co-host today. For those of you that, you know, aren't familiar with him at all, he does uh, a series himself called The Special Sessions. You want to talk about that real quick?
1: Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, sure. Uh Special Sessions Live is a uh live talk show that I started uh about a year ago, like last summer, I think was the first episode. And we based it out of Black Forge Coffeehouse. Woo! <laughs> See, I even I even wear my colors, homie. Yeah, um, but uh, uh, yeah, and it's it's you know it's it's turned into something completely different than I thought it would be, and it you know it you know from doing podcasts and doing interviews and conversations that things are going to turn into what they turn into. So I've just been kind of like, okay, well, I love the venue, I love the people I'm working with. And uh, if we get the guests to show up, we'll we'll see what they let out. And it's it's gone some pretty interesting places, you know. I
0: think the so. interesting thing about me and Mario too is like even from those beginning days talking about, you know, breaking shit in the basement and playing it for our friends. Like most of the time it felt like a lot of the creative stuff we were doing was just because we wanted an excuse to hang out with everybody. right? It was never like,, <laughs> yeah. oh, we want to be like artists. It was just like, <laughs> we want an excuse to hang out with friends that isn't like, getting fucked up and stuff like that yeah yeah we really weren't ever into that stuff we
1: no no it was like okay friday night let's just make an album you know (laughs) pretty much that's like (laughs) (laughs) you know we would go to concerts together it was a pretty pretty cool time in music the early 2000s because you had a lot of hardcore was turning very noisy and uh you know, we bought all the Bjork DVDs they released and we were into doing your escape plan at their like peak of insanity. And, you know, we just kind of fed off of that all sober and, you know, kind of like if like Ian Mackay and them were like, and Henry Rollins were like Ren and Stimpy characters <laughs> instead of, <laughs> instead of kind of intellectual white dudes. We were just, no, we were just random stupid characters just entertaining ourselves, and that's it. Like, <laughs> That's the
0: best explanation of us I've ever heard. Why not? Fuck it. I'm here, right? But, you know, yeah, I mean, but it, even, like, moving forward into now with what, you know, I do with the podcast and mm-hmm. what Mario does with special sessions, I think community is a big part of what we do in not only the things that we do, but highlighting all of the hard work that our friends and even people that we don't know do in the city right
1: i mean it's um i don't want to sound cliche and kind of kumbaya but it is there are some interesting people we have around us who do shit and um you know it's it's good to give them a voice you know because i mean we 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 have a good comedy scene going on now that keeps getting bigger and bigger and uh, is way better off that I left it and uh, (laughs) that's a joke, see? (laughs) See, I can still do those. Um, But yeah, uh, yeah, fuck it. It's it's good to give somebody a voice and make things interesting. And also, as you get
0: older, it's really, really hard to make friends. I think that's been my My good thing with the podcast is like, hey, uh, (laughs) you want to come over to my house and get to know each other with some microphones and a camera in your face?
1: Okay. Okay. (laughs) See you next Sunday. Yeah. And that's how it happens. For me, it's just like, you know, I really want to be your friend. I really like you, but I really don't have the time, bro. And I go to bed at like 830. So let's get this shit done, you know, (laughs) while we can. (laughs) That's that. That's my hang-up. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to bring up my
0: first guest of the evening, someone who has already been mentioned in one way or another. Uh, She is the founder, owner, uh, whatever you want to call it, of a little place called Black Forge Coffee House. Please make some noise for my good friend, Ashley Quartz. Everybody's going to get the same theme songs, so I only have one. Yes. Sit next to Mario. You're friends, have right? Have a seat,
2: yes. Wood-hub. Hello. Hi, Ashley. Hi, bud.
3: How are you?
0: Good. So, <laughs> if you haven't figured it out yet, the way I'm doing this is I'm just going to bring people up in the order that I've known them the longest. I've known Ashley <laughs> for about 10 years. Yeah. Way before coffee was a thing. And- Holy
2: shit. <laughs> <laughs> ten years. I can't believe it, man. Yeah. That's like what back in what was it, October? I celebrated ten years of living in Pittsburgh, and I've known you since I pretty much moved to fucking Pittsburgh. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Fucking bananas. Me and
0: Ashley <laughs> met each other because Ashley was uh a a show promoter of sorts and heavy quotations. Oh my god. <laughs>
2: so I came from Rochester, New York and I was working at this place called the Penny Arcade. So when I moved to Pittsburgh, it was like, Oh cool. Like I can bring all my friends from like Rochester and like all these dumb hardcore bands like here. And then I tried to book a show at, what was it called? Garfield artworks. Holy moly, (laughs) Manny. (laughs) So yeah, Brian helped me out with that. And like, Helped me put together a little logo and stuff. And then I remember what was that place called? Saddle Ridge or whatever that was in Station Square. Mm, yeah. With all those terrible bars. Uh huh. You played shows there and I come down and hang out and like we just were buds and it's been awesome ever since. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so Black Forge is getting ready to open up their second location in McKees Rocks. Yep. <laughs> I know that's been a bit of a journey for you. Whew. But you passed your health inspection today, so makes noise I
2: did. For that.
4: Yeah,
0: Yeah,
2: lots of things. And
0: you know, on top of that as well, you lighting tech, event planning, all of these things that you currently still do.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's been a whirlwind. I mean, I started the business plan for Black Forge four years ago, and uh, you know, have our awesome shop up in the Allentown neighborhood. I've seen pretty much every single person in that room there playing, being a part of it, drinking beer, like whatever it was. And you guys have all supported us. And like, here we all now Mm -hmm. in this room, like hanging out and we're all doing cool things and talking about literally the pursuit of fucking happiness. Cool. And I am like the happiest human being right now. So thank you. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that. So...
0: The the thread of today's conversation with the, both of you in it to, to follow. follow. Oh no, has this not been on the whole time? Are you sure? Oh, oh no! Oh. oh
2: geez! Five
0: years of podcasting can't use a fucking microphone.
1: This is a live audience here. Who cares? They'll tell stories for <laughs> decades to come.
2: <laughs>
0: so, perfect way to segue into today's theme. Uh, Responsibility <laughs> <laughs> is my my theme for the conversation today. And that's a very vague umbrella word to put over everything. Start. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> you want to swap? Oh, my gosh. Maybe we should do that right now. Thanks. You're a pal.
1: So, Ashley. It's <laughs> smart. <laughs>
0: With Black Forge, as a venue owner, you know, what do you think is the right way to treat a performer and the audience and the people that, you know, come to the events at your space? Because this is a big thing with a lot of people that I talk to that are performers in the area or anywhere really in general. It's just like, oh, like that place is really (sighs) cool or that place sucks. Yeah, Or, you know, people there are rude, blah, 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 blah. So with Black Forge, you know, what do you think is the responsibility of the venue to the performers?
2: That's that's a lot. I know. And it's that's a really awesome question. So with Black Forge, obviously, Black Forge is literally built off of my experience of being in the music industry and being an artist and doing all the things that I do. I've never gone to business school. I never made it big, never was professional in anything. I was a barista for 10 years in a light tech. And I literally saw in every venue that I've worked at what could possibly be better because there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of disrespect. There's a lot of not getting tribute to the people that deserve it. You know, uh, artists just not being treated fairly when it comes to like pushing tickets and like all these bigger shows. And that's the nice thing about Blackboard is like we started out very small. We were able to be intimate with the artists that we work with. And it's literally providing an artist friendly space. Working with people, especially individuals who might not have money up front, you know, and like might need a little help, but they have this great idea and there's nowhere else to do something like that because it's too big, too small. Like they don't do this. They don't do that. It's not all ages. So literally just being as artist friendly as possible and working with the people that you want to help, like being a DIY venue, a local venue, you are here for the artists in your community. You're here for your community. You are here to make sure The generation below us is looking up to something positive that they can see every day and be like, that's a really cool place. I'm glad I had that. Or that's a really cool show that I saw. Or that was a cool piece of art and I bought that and now I follow that artist. It's literally just trying to accommodate good people. Yeah. And you should always put that force and forward. Like, yes, we all have to make money and yes, we all have to survive and like find new and creative ways. And it's super hard. Believe me, like... Every day I'm thinking about like, what do I have to do? Because I'll be 100% honest. Like the Allentown location, we do not make money off of shows. We don't. Like when someone pays a room rental fee, it goes to the staff that's working. Everything else is brought in by coffee sales. Now everyone drinks coffee, we get that. But that's like how we survive. And it's really hard. It's like a movie theater. It's crazy. It's just like a movie theater. You have to buy the concessions. That's why it's a million dollars to get a fucking bag of popcorn. (laughs) Yeah. I should just start charging popcorn prices for coffee. No. Jeez. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's the sacrifice I take, especially with my employees, too, of just, you know, especially the new hires. I have a lot of new hires at our new location that are touring musicians. And I know for me... I've never, like, I never had time off at uh, Mr. Smalls. I was there every single show. I had to be there for three years. And, like, I had to open up a crazy mocha store every morning. And it's just I could never take time off. If I did, I would have lost my job. Instantly would have been replaced. And that's not possible at our location. Like, I will never, ever fault anyone for creativity. And, again, it's it's proven through that, if you give your employees and you give people a space that they can be creative and continuously like thrive to do better, we work with you. And I know it's hard for bigger capacity venues because they're not in tune with the people that they hire. They're not in tune with every artist that comes in. And that's what's beautiful about owning your own space and like working with the people that you bring into your space. It's a community, it's a culture. You have to continuously promote that. And if you don't, you know, sucks to be you, bud. But like that's that's why I'm here. That's why I'm trying to make a difference in my community. So Yeah. <laughs> Thanks.
0: As Mario mentioned, you know, he started his event at your space.
4: That makes
2: I me had
0: so I had awesome yeah. My,
2: next my, week you got Mario's. yeah,
0: my three year anniversary was at Black Forge. Yep.
2: <laughs>
0: Actually, I think I played the first show at Black you Forge you
2: played the opening day of Black Forge Motherfucking One. Yeah, Woo-hoo. that was fun. Oh, man. Oh my gosh. What is happening up here?
1: Oh, kind of shit.
2: <laughs> it's cause
1: I'm really not supposed to be here. I might explain <laughs> that later, but yeah <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, Mario's the
0: uh he just he's he's a solid dude. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank, Even thank you're not you. Mario supposed to be here. Thank you for blessing us yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> now on the flip, Ashley. Yes. What is the performer's responsibility oh, in terms of
2: you really want to uh, ask being that?
0: respectful to a venue? Oh,
2: there's a couple of things, you know. One, um please promote yourself. If you are playing a venue, especially a local venue, it is our responsibility to put it out there and promote for you, but we are not your band. We are not your art. You are 100% responsible to book your shows and promote the crap out of them because, like, that's the biggest thing. They're, they're especially in our venue being so small, it's 49 capacity right now. Um, I've seen bands just be like, I want to really book this show. Great. And then you see nothing for months until two days before. And they complain to me that they can't pay a room rental and they can't do anything because the show didn't do well. I'm like, that's your own damn fault. I have your poster on the wall. We have it on our event space. And that's why we're here. We are just hosting you. That is your responsibility. So please, if you're doing something to promote yourself, and you want people to show up to your shows. You want people to support your art promote it. People want to see it. If they don't see you promoting it, why would they ever pay to go to it? You know, that's my biggest gripe. That's really it. Everything else, you know, like I've honestly never had many issues like, yeah, you know, people show up late, things happen. I get it. Life happens. But like, don't blame a venue and don't blame other people for not having people at your shows and your gigs. You've got to do it. you got to push yourself out there, blow people up. Text your parents, text your friends, whoever, because those are the people that are going to support you at the end of the day.
0: Absolutely, sure. yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: you have anything you want to add, there, Mario? Uh, yeah.
2: Please do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, I want to add. Yeah, exactly. Everything she said. I mean, um, uh, you know, when, you, when it, I've I, I've been doing like, be it a band or comedy or, or now this show. Uh, Stuff since I was like 12 or 13. And I feel like I'm always selling somebody an event I'm doing, but you still have to do that. You know what I mean? And you got to learn how to cut your losses too. If no one shows up to your gig, that's fucking fine, but take care of the venue that brought you in, you know? Because I mean, a lot of venues might do the opposite and rip you off if you bring in a lot of people. So, I mean, yeah, just fucking grow up.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, if if you're going to step up to a venue and be like, hey, I want to do something in your place of business, fucking be serious about it, you know? You don't have to be like dead serious. You don't have to be like, y'all going to do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have some like respect for the, the whole thing, you know? It's a process, you know? And people got to learn. Totally. So, you know, now
0: that we've, harped on performers. (laughs) Why don't we get one up here? Yeah. So coming up next is my friend who is a a performer, a promoter, event organizer, does all kinds of interesting, real outside-the-box stuff, makes some noise for my buddy, Icky Vicky. Woo!
4: Woo!
0: Have a seat. I forgot to play your theme music. Hold on. It's always the same song, that's all you get. How you doing? Good, how are you? Good, let's make sure- Congrats on
3: five years. Thanks. Yeah.
0: I appreciate that. Congrats on everything you've been doing.
3: Thank you, Which is a lot. Yeah, the most recent event that we did was the Love Dungeon.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, let's talk about that.
3: (laughs) That was amazing. Um, That was at the Pinto Mansion, right? Oh, no, that was the squiddling circus, oh, okay. and I was running a clown sex dungeon, but that was like a house. show. <laughs> I, I remember the sex word. that yes. was like... <laughs> the clown sex dungeon. Um, it was, uh, it was fantastic. I got to see this amazing circus troupe, Squidling circus. Um, my favorite person in the troupe was uh, Mary Pussy Poppins. And she pulled five white doves out of her vagina were they alive they were not alive they, <laughs> but you know they were they were sizable and you could see they had, they were like wet and everything so it's just oh, yeah. it was a beautiful <laughs> time yeah there were so many freaks there and i just felt so at home with all my weirdos That's awesome. yeah ed pinto uh, he really creates a space for creatives he has this mansion and it's a lot of the times just like an open house so you can go and have a photo shoot. You can go and record there. There's the dungeon. He's usually in the there's kitchen the dungeon. making pierogies. Yeah, there was actually a dildo too. on a sawzall. <laughs> Just like a homemade, you know, homemade device. Uh,
0: surprise! Surprise! Yeah.
3: No, I we've I've had a lot of really wild events. Um, Love dungeon. We raised six hundred dollars for PAR
2: awesome Um, and that
3: was the second love dungeon that spish has done so i partnered with spish and initially it was supposed to be the dating game in a comedy show and it turned into this whole nother world it was almost like spirit hall was transformed that night and yeah it was really an amazing event so many incredible people worked on it um mercy lemon played music Uh, i had Dirty Socks Puppet Show, Faith McFluff, uh, the Childlike Empress did a cake sitting, live cake sitting. I mean, no one else is really doing that sort of thing in Pittsburgh. So What just, is cake sitting? Cake sitting is a sexual fetish and people really like to see women sitting on cakes, bouncing on them, uh, like kind of smearing the icing around. Is this
2: different from Brazilian fart? Cake porn.
3: <laughs> it is similar. It's in the same realm. <laughs> okay, okay. Sure. Yeah. I can see it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, Tatiana the Childlike Empress ha- literally had people eating the cake she was sitting on and commanded the room. There were so many amazing performers. Yeah, it was, it was really great.
1: Yeah. So,
0: maybe some of you figured out why I asked Dickie Vicky to be here. You do a lot of like, no, you do a lot of really cool outside-the-box events. And it's pretty much the extreme in terms of, like, event promoting in a lot of ways. Because it's a lot, I mean, aside from all of the the goofiness of it, there's just a lot of, um, there's a lot of work that goes into putting those events together, regardless oh, of yeah. how, like, you know, we can you can explain what's going on. We're all like, whoa, this sounds crazy. But it, there's still a ton of work that goes into it. Oh, so yeah. I'm curious about, like, what your experiences have been like, working with venues, establishing relationships with venues to do these types of things that you're doing, cake sittings in the matter. You know, what is that like? What's that been like for you and how are venues reacting to this stuff?
3: Well, when I first started, I like that the theme is responsibility. When I first started, I didn't really have a sense for that responsibility. I was playing with fire, but not getting permitting for it. So I would just sort of like dip if the cops came or somebody called it in and I would just take off with my backpack and go. Um, but then once I really started getting into planning events, uh, the first thing that I did was the pie eating contest. And I worked with Glitterbox theater because I knew that they were not only accessible, very, very accessible for people, but they are an inclusive space. So they will rent to anyone and you don't have to deal with, politics of oh i don't i don't know you like what do you do who are you or you're not in my friend group or you know just like sort of like the who's who um but glitterbox was open to it and we raised some money for the food bank i i like doing charity events um, but i feel like once people saw the turnout for Some of these initial events, uh, uh, venues would just see the past history that I have and just sort of roll with it. But people would really have a lot of questions and want to know. One of my acts that I do is uh, smashing cinder blocks on my chest while I'm laying on a bed of nails. And so a lot of the venues sort of were like, well, who's who's responsible for this? Like, who's cleaning this up? What are you going to do? And I've definitely left pieces of cinder blocks around in my wake. And like for that, I am sorry. I'm, I'm still learning. Like you said, never <laughs> stop learning. But um, yeah, I had a lot of help along the way too. I worked with uh, Red Fish Bowl. I've worked with artist collectives around the city. Um, I've done a little bit of work with Fourth River Music Collective. So I've gotten on events. I got to do an entire tour with one of my favorite bands and having like very little experience as a touring musician because what I do is more a variety show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they just, you know, have known me for years and they know I have the energy behind it. So they just sort of trust that I get really excited about these events that I'm doing. And then I, am willing and able to put a lot of work into it. So I feel like just, you know, people seeing, and I'm, I'm active on social media and I like making intriguing content and it brings people out. So that's been a consistent thing for me too.
0: Yeah. You know, so like as a performer, you know, what do you think your responsibility is then to the audience?
3: to the audience, don't hurt anybody on accident. That's a really good for my act. I mean, I know typically with bands that's not even really a concern. Um, but I I like to forewarn them that what they're about to view is not art and I'll make like car alarm sounds with my mouth like warning, this is not art. If you are expecting art, you're in the wrong place and just I don't know, I I I like to make the audience clap along with me just to get their attention and to keep people invested and not just like on their phones or at the bar.
0: The interesting thing is because, you know, you do what you do. I mean, obviously you have events that you promote and book yourselves and you work with people that are in a similar lane, but you also play shows where you're way outside the box and wh- how do people react when they're definitely not expecting to come across you in their outing
3: I've had a lot of different encounters a lot of t- a lot of just strange looks people I like to keep if I do the fish hook act I'll keep the fish hooks in my face if there's face floss in my face I'll keep it around and try to talk to people um, because they kind of don't get it that it's like real self-mutilation happening right before your eyes and just don't really understand like why or is it a trick, like what's happening. Um, yeah, I I just uh, try to also give a trigger warning before every act because you don't know, people got trauma out here. You don't, You don't know what people have been through. So you don't want to do something that's going to set somebody off or like if you have self-harmed in your past and that's really not something that you're trying to watch, just letting people know as a trigger warning that like there will be blood. So, you know, and then sometimes people just leave. Like I have a very good friend, Courtney Coco, and she says like, I love you, but I won't watch you do this. And she'll say like, I'm proud of you sort of, but like, (laughs) I don't want to watch, you know? Uh So, um, yeah, people, some people definitely don't react well to it. Other people really get excited about it. Um, I do a stapling act that is a classic sideshow act. It's called Hundred Dollar Man. So you have people staple money to your body. And I, one of the, my favorite things about doing it is watching people who are Utterly disgusted when they see it starting to happen, they're they think it's foul. They don't want to do it, but then slowly as more people start engaging with it, and you can see how much fun they're having, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I need to do that again." Yeah, it's Pull out like some it, more money. It,
1: it becomes acceptable.
3: Yeah, and then it becomes delightful to them. So you get to see that disgust turn into, like, elation. And- I'm,
0: I'm, like, curious about the type of, like, energy that's getting put out into the atmosphere and how that's reacting with people, other people's energy if it's, like, overtaking them yeah. in some sort of, like, mystical way that I can't explain.
3: Yeah, I really like that sort of um, changing people's perspective about what's happening because there are plenty of people who just think I am... The weirdest person they don't get sideshow or they're they're just not you know they're just not into it but um i definitely have had people that did not want to hurt me and were you know cringing making audible noises for discomfort and then they're the one who stapled my neck you know and And it just, it's funny to me. Uh I get some personal satisfaction out of that. You
0: know, it's funny mentioning, you know, that, you know, there are people that, you know, think that what you're doing is like, you know, like you're the weirdo. But in like a way, like if you broaden the scope a little bit, I think all of us in this like DIY underground scene are all kind of looked at as weirdos in one one aspect or another. And like, you know, why would you invest time into this? You know, why are you playing these, you know, these uh, DOI shows? Like, why are you still in a band? Why aren't you doing this and that? Like, why are you investing your time into this? Like, what are you getting out of it? And I think that if that's a question that you have to ask, then you obviously don't get it.
4: Yeah. Uh,
1: It's as simple as this day-to-day life can be pretty mundane. Like, modern existence is pretty comfortable and mundane. So if you can do something to kind of, like, just something different. I mean, it could be doing a DIY, like, hardcore punk metal show. It could be doing a comedy show. It could be eating cake off someone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to give somebody a... You got to create some memories in this life because (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. If your morning is Starbucks and your evening is, you know, fucking a sandwich and, you know, you DVR'd Ellen. And I mean, I watch Ellen. Don't get me wrong. I love Ellen. (laughs) I want to fucking go see some shit, too. You know what I mean? I want to enrich some kind of experience in life. I want to, you know, go to bed at night and be like, hey, remember that shit yeah, to I, myself. And I'd be like, yeah, I fucking remember that shit, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, that shit really yeah. fucking happened. Yeah, it did. Okay, I'm going to bed That's now. Cool. I
0: think it's like, you know, really important as a entertainer or a performer to make sure that like you're curating the people around you and your community and like letting people know about what's going on, whether it's through a podcast or a talk show, or a music venue, or through event promoting, or maybe you're somebody that wants to start your own uh, record label. (laughs) (laughs) Conveniently enough, we have somebody here who started their own record label. Make some noise for my friend, Connor Murray. (laughs) Hold on. Don't sit yet. Oh, yeah.
5: Like I feel like an NFL players. <laughs> it's cool. Thanks for having me. Is, is, is this one? Does this work? It sounds wow. like it's working. Wow.
0: Connor Murray crafted yeah. sounds. Yep. So, woo. Freshly twenty-one. Welcome. Yeah. It's oh boy.
4: Wild. I'm
0: still. I'm still figuring out
5: this game.
0: Hello, uh. I. Uh, <laughs> I have like
5: a busy day tomorrow, so and well, after this, my friend's turning 21, so like it will be rowdy. So I'm just going in slowly tonight.
0: But yeah, thank you. Tight. so like, as I mentioned, you run Crafted Sounds, which is a label that is Pittsburgh operated and there's, I mean, it's not like you've just done a small handful of releases. There's been a lot of stuff that you've done. Can you give us just a quick background on the history and everything that's going on with it?
5: Uh, Shucks.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm
5: not from here. Um, I'm probably like the only Ravens fan in Pittsburgh. So shout out. I'm from like Annapolis area, but I say I'm from Baltimore. I'm proud. Um, But yeah, you guys keep me humble. I wear my own shit because, like, we suck.
4: Yeah.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I, uh, for the past three years, I mean, I came to Pitt um, to study, um, and I guess in high school I wanted to start a label, so because I sucked at music. (laughs) (laughs) I I still don't know how to do that, like, run a label. But uh, yeah, came came to Pitt, um, met a buddy, did a record with him talked to people, went to house shows. Um, cause I couldn't really honestly go to a lot of venues or like see for the shows I wanted to see.
0: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned um, that this is the first time you've been here. Yeah. I, I didn't even
5: know this was here cause I, <laughs> I never thought of even coming here. Cause I was like, why? I mean, there's only like two, uh, like two 21 plus venues that like I've been to like multiple times just by like, We can keep that quiet. Yeah, like, it's, like, (laughs) non-kosher, but, like, yeah, it's, like, it's hard, you know? Um, But, yeah, I mean, we've done records with, uh, you know, I don't know, Short Fictions, The Zell, Silver Car Crash, Pat Zupel, um, now BB Guns, Flower Crown, um, you know, some others not from Pittsburgh. Um, I think at this point, like, I have, like, a really good core group of people that, like, I like and I rock with. And at the same time, they like support other people and support art, and like they're active in the community and stuff. Um, now I'm like looking to like get out more, and you know, essentially, I'm like looking for a network on the East Coast so that we can all do cool shit together.
0: So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's super cool to you know take that time to you know, okay, I can't do music or I suck at it, whatever you said, <laughs> but I still want to be involved and. Realizing that you have a knack for business, maybe, or some sort of enough organization skills to, you know, send some messages and get things produced that bands can sell. So, a lot of a lot of bands can't even do that for themselves. Yeah, no, a lot I, of labels can't <laughs> do that for the bands on their
5: labels. So yeah, I'm like, Good job I'm like anal as hell, <laughs> <laughs> but like within reason. Like I'm busy. All the busyness keeps me like free flowing. Like I'm down with whatever. Um But yeah, I mean, I am in the business school, but, um, I don't know. I, I've learned more doing this than any job has like ever taught me. Um, I guess like when dealing with music, that's like you tap into a level of professionalism that's like, unlike anything else, because you're dealing with something that means so much to someone you're not dealing with. I mean, sure there's sometimes contracts and money or whatever, if any money, (laughs) but yeah, like you're dealing with something that like, like we were talking about, like someone's happiness, like. And you're, you know, working with someone to put out something they've been wanting to do for so long. And, like, you learn how to, like, yeah, be responsible and, like, take this shit seriously. Because no matter how many people listen, you want to make sure that, like, you want to make it, like, is right for that person. So, and, like, that's my job. And, like, I'm here to do it as long as I want to do it because it's my label. But, like, you know, as long as they're in and for it, like, I'm in for it, too.
0: Totally. So, you have a unique position here Um, amongst everybody else at the table where you know an artist can stand out to one of us and I can invite them to be on the podcast and or somebody can ask actually hey can I book a show at your place and it's one thing or booking a show with Iggy Vicky over here but if somebody wants to put out an album you know that's not just like oh yeah sure let's do it you know what I mean like there's a very like curated thing that needs to be done. And that's a ton of responsibility. So I'm curious about like what makes an artist stand out to you? And like, how do you curate talent?
5: I knew this question was coming.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um,
5: at first, I mean, I was kind of down with whatever at first. I mean, I, I wanted, I wanted artists to work with me. I had no credibility whatsoever. Not just, I mean, I'm not every record I've worked with, I've loved. I mean, I wouldn't have put it out otherwise, but I think there was, um, you know, I didn't look at it as much beyond the music. I think what caters to, I guess, our brand or what makes the Crafted Sounds band has really turned into like, okay, like, what are they, like, how, how do they, like, treat people at their shows? Like, do they, like, stay the whole time? Or, like, <laughs> at least some of them, I mean, people got work, I get that.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
5: do you hang out? Like, do you ask the other band how they're doing? Like, like are you are a you, part of the community? Like, are you a person? Like, straight up, like, do you have a heart? <laughs> so like, if you're if you're just like generally like a decent person, then like, and like, I mean, sure, like in the music's already great, then like, I'm definitely already thinking about it right there. Um, what I was saying earlier, like encouraging other people to like do what, like a lot of the time, I mean, we're so small here. I mean, I hate to say it, but a lot of our shows are like just other bands coming to support, you know? And like, I wanna see like our bands going to support like each other like that's awesome you know that's how we get stronger that's how more people end up coming out because they're like oh yeah i want to kick it with so-and-so like they were fun to hang out with last time or like yeah like you know it's you know community is huge and like if you want to be a piece of that like locally that's cool and like now i'm looking i'm looking to kind of like retrace roots in baltimore now that i'm like old enough but like even remotely like it's crazy i'm dealing with this one band right now the like, guy like literally turned 30 last week and i'm like he his birthday was like the day before mine he's like i'm like nine years nine years younger than him like essentially managing him to a point and i'm like assessing like what his like goals are within the next one to two years because i mean we're a release to release label like i can't hold someone down that's ridiculous yeah i don't even have an llc i'm gonna defend with my parents i haven't done my taxes before like <laughs> I'm not getting, <laughs> like, like I'm in so much debt, like don't even get me started. Like, so yeah, I'm looking at a lot. It's not as easy as it used to be, but um, yeah, as long as you're like cool with it. And like, I'm, I'm not like, I'm gonna be honest too. Like I'm not like gonna blow someone off. Like I de- definitely try to listen to everything. April's hard for me cause like finals and stuff, but I try to get back to everybody for the most part.
0: You're here. I appreciate that. Shout out. But, you know, I think that (laughs) to... You could could make some noise. (laughs) Good job. But to your point, I think that people just going out and supporting their friends and other bands or whatever the event is, like, that's the simplest thing in the world that any of us can do. And there's all this, like, what can we do to fix the music scene? Oh, what can we do? What can we do? There are no answers, it's Brian. Dying. Just go out to your friend's show. That's yeah. it.
5: It's like, it's. Yeah, and promote your simple. show first. It's simple that enough. I was like, yeah, yeah totally. Promote, promote the show. Jeez. <laughs> like, I get even more for, like, I mean, sorry, like any of my bands, but like, if I was a part of the booking process or like they share the show with me and I'm promoting it more than, like, I mean, sure, like I'm the label, I'm there, but like, I have like, X amount of other bands take care of. and like, I can't,
0: you know, if they get pissed at me for like barely, like, <laughs> <laughs> totally, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I bring up this a lot, but it's, you know, it's the pie chart of life. Yeah. And you only, you have your 100%. Yeah. You know what I mean? How many things are on your plate, Connor? How many things? Uh, I mean, I'm, I What do just, you think? Like how much, just if you were to put a number on it. How many things? A dozen? Two so, dozen? So things, Label or life? Just in general. Probably like, yeah, 10. Ten things, right? Yeah. So like if you have a hundred percent as a person and you yeah. have ten things, yeah. It's like, how do you split that up? Oh, good do, game. Do you I'm, give I'm everything done, 10%? <laughs> that's that's I'm not trying to bum you
5: out, but yeah. it's like, what
0: do you do? No, it's hard. It's hard. I don't
5: sleep a lot like <laughs> during the school year. But, but you know,
0: I think that moving into the next phase of this conversation, um, we've talked a lot about the individual and responsibility but you know what about the importance of building a strong team and ashley that's probably a good question to start with you being a you know a business owner and having employees and such
4: oh yeah you know what you know
0: how does it all work you know the behind the scenes of running a venue and how important is your team to what you do
2: they are my heart and soul they are the foundation of what black forge is like yeah I might've you know, put in my time and been there every single day and built whatever this thing that I built, but here I am now about to open up a second venue and I'm not in my shop. I'm not doing any of that. It is literally the five employees that I've had forever. I've had two for the last almost three years and I have three new hires in the last year and they have been there on point making shit happen And I am so fucking grateful for those people. It's all about communication. It's all about trust. And it's all about showing one another that we are here together as a team. If someone has a problem, there's somebody that's going to help you. You know, if you're sick, if you know something happened, you're just not having a good day, guess what? Just talk about it. We're here for you, your your family. And that's really what I've been promoting, especially now, like with the new shop, with all these people I've never met with my entire life. And I'm hiring them to run this baby, everything that I've put on my lifeline for. And it's all because I opened up and we talked, we did everything to show them that like, I'm here to trust you and you're here to trust me. And if you are good with communicating then you can be a part of this. And if you have the same feelings and passions and love for just art and a good life and treating people the way you want to be treated, then you can be a part of this. And you have to show your team that. You have to show your team that, one, no bullshit, but also, like, I'm here to be your friend. I know people say, like, you can't be a friend and a boss. No, you fucking can. You definitely can, because that's what I am to my team. There's no way for a small business to just operate like a corporation be like, no, I'm just going to hire whoever, let them do what they want, you know? And then one day I just feel like giving up on them you be like, Oh, you're fired. I'll just replace you. That's not how that works. Not a small business. So. No, it's like communication, you know,
0: communication, super important. And people want to be a part of something. You do, you know, and making them feel included and letting them know that, you know, you care about them as people and that, You value their time, whether it's, you know, they're an employee of yours or they're just somebody that is on an event with you or somebody that you're having out to a talk show or a band that you're putting out a label for. Like, you know, I mentioned before with me and Mario, you know, we started doing all this and it really wasn't even about the art itself. It was more about establishing those connections with other people and having a reason to keep being around each other. Just like, let's keep doing art together, even if it is completely ridiculous goofy stuff or if it's the most serious thing in the world it's just about being around each other and spending that time productively
1: exactly um i mean i don't i'm into I'm, i'm still at the very early stages of this talk show and i'm very comfortable not knowing everything i want um once you really start establishing what you want you start leaving less room for what the fuck's gonna happen once the show starts. Um, so I mean, I I try and pick guests at this point that um, can be friendly and could be, you know carry a conversation. If not, like I'll try to prod the conversation but I haven't had any problems since and I've had some where, you know, there were people I know who were socially awkward, but the moment they sat down on the stage, you saw their shoulders go back, you saw their bodies relax, and then they start just having a good time. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm on with this, you know? But then I've also seen people a little tense and you kind of have to just look at them and let them know like, dude, it's okay. You're here. Yeah. Like, don't worry about them. You know, I mean, worry about them, you know, but still <laughs> like, stay like, you're good. So, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What I just
2: said. Yeah. Communication is key. Communication
0: is key. And I think, you know, we're talking a lot about how does a venue operate? How does a promoter operate? How does a label operate? But a lot of the time, we overlook how those things interact with each other in the teamwork of a promoter and a venue together. So...
3: Yeah, I feel like Pittsburgh is a sort of unique case. Like, we're a big, small town, so every artist that I work with, people that I'm friends with, I promote all their stuff. Like I don't really see another person as being like, oh well, our our events on the same day. I better hype up my promotion or what? I'll still promote someone's event if it's happening on the same day and just say like, oh, you can't make it to this? Check this out. Like maybe you're not on that side of town. Don't want to cross a bridge. No, a lot of Pittsburgh people are like that, mm-hmm. and so. Yeah, just like having a heart and like it is like a team. Everybody wins when everyone is doing well, you know, so just like helping another person thrive can be as simple as saying like, hey, I've noticed you've been doing a lot like good job. I'm proud of you or like going to the show, buying a cup of coffee and tipping the barista like, you know, and just knowing like, oh, this is my a friend of a friend or like everybody has mutuals. I feel like in Pittsburgh. So, I don't know, I I feel like just operating in that way, you are going to end up being successful because even if someone doesn't like what you're doing, there's plenty of people that are there and support and just see, like, the heart that you have and just wanting for other people to do well. Even if they don't come out and support, you know, just at least sharing your flyer or putting one up in their window of their business, you know, just like the little tiny things really makes a difference in some other cities maybe it's like a little more competitive or there's like, there's a little more of that sort of uh, cutthroat energy. But I don't, I don't really see that in Pittsburgh as much. And so it's easy to get along everybody that I had do events with. I still just, you know, I'll come out and support and should do the sharing, yeah. hand out flyers, so, yeah.
0: With, you know, you and putting events together and trying to target people, let's say, you know what I mean? Is there anything oh, yeah. that you intentionally do to like target new audiences?
3: Um, yeah, I, I am starting something now. So my act is really, it is a novelty. What I really want to do is sing, jazz. I have other things. I wanted to do comedy. I just recently went to an open mic. I went to one and did pretty well, and then the next one I went to, I got too drunk because they put me last, and I just bombed. It was was really bad. But at least got the experience, you know? Um, But with the sideshow, it sort of puts everything together to make a lane, to have like the credibility to reach out and do other things. Yeah, I uh, just try to put little short videos out that are intriguing to where my newest novelty is The Peep Show. It's a little standalone viewing booth that um, my good friend and partner, Joe, helped me make. His company is Wake Up Make Stuff. But it's a little contraption and it's a tiny television set an old tube with a tiny screen smash the screen out and put a little peephole and people can look through it and so I've been posting that little snippets previews of it um kind of promoting that there are some surprise photos in that are not smut it's just like for comedy um but I feel like A lot of what I've exploited the biases of people in the last year is um, like hypersexualizing the act, which it's not really like that every time. And that doesn't really encompass what I do, but it sure does make people want to come out when they aren't totally sure what's going to happen or there's going to be nude people running around spirit. Like one of the band members just halfway through the set said, like, I need to get more comfortable and just took their top off. And we were like, oh. This is nice, but not something you typically see at Spirit. Um, but I feel like that's really what I've been doing the last over the last year. Um, and I have a new act that is not, there's no sexuality in it at all, but it is v- sort of violent. Um, and I think that people have Congrats. a natural, <laughs> yes. people have a natural yes. thirst for violence. And if you can watch somebody do something that's inherently violent and like participate in it somewhat, it just gets that, you kind of get it out of your system and then you feel real chipper afterwards. And, you know, uh, so that's something I'm sort of moving into with, uh, the ventriloquist dummy.
0: <laughs> okay. Sick.
3: So my duo partner actually works at Black Forge, Marissa. I love her so much. (laughs) She's amazing. Uh, She goes by Moody Millie, and she'll be piercing my lips with fish hooks. And I play the song on my banjo ukulele, and she moves my lips, but she sings the song. (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) yeah and so it's not i'm just sort of trying to phase that out because i don't just want to do that but that's definitely i feel like sideshow part of sideshow is just exploiting people's biases um instagram is great and like facebook is great for promoting because i can make weird videos just strange promos and It just gets people to wondering what exactly I'm going to be doing because they know that it's definitely going to be strange or something that you wouldn't see every day. And me and Marissa have been saying that the only escape from the dystopian nightmare that is reality is absurdity, sort of like on the same speed what you were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think just the absurd, exploiting people's biases and of course like boobs, Boobs always (laughs) wins. Boobs. So
0: Connor now with, you know, running the label in terms of promotions and things like that, how has that been for you? You know, were you much of a, a social media person prior to starting up the label or is this something that you're like all learning at the same time? I messed up a lot, Brian, (laughs) like
5: a lot.
4: I still do.
0: Um,
5: yeah, well, at first, you th- you're like, you see all these people online, and you're like, your perception of, like, being a label is like, oh, yeah, we'll just, I mean, for us, it's, like, tape-based. Um, yeah, like I said, we don't make money. Um, and you're like, oh, yeah, we can just, like, throw it on Bandcamp. People will buy it. No. <laughs> um, shout out to those kids in high school that bought a tape. I don't know why they did that, because I don't think any of them had a tape player. But anyway um yeah so there's the social media thing but then there's the whole like email a bunch of people then it's like oh that doesn't work you have to actually write nice emails to people so then there's that thing and then there's like oh you should make a press kit like a nice press kit and then there's like oh well then you should be promoting like everything the band's doing for the most part on top of like the release and it like And then you got to ride that record. You don't just let it drop the week after it comes out. Like, that's stupid, I think. And it's hard to do that because the way, like, young people absorb music is so much different than, like, what generations, like, before us had done where, like, I'm, like, I guess different than a lot of my peers in a sense. Like, I like sitting down listening to the whole record. Or, like, that's awesome. (laughs) Um, And I feel like now it's like, oh, yeah, let me just add that to my playlist. Or... That's cool. Like, you know, it, there's you gotta, you know, there's so many different things as far as like promotion goes. And I hope that like each like everything we do to like that leads up to the record drop like continues to a point, at least a full year. Uh, so that's thorough and like the message is communicated, whatever that may be, whether it's from the band or um, you know, what's behind the record, uh, whether it comes from a place or not, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> I don't... I, I, I think the first thing that I said when I sat down was that I still don't really yeah. know what I'm doing either, but... I don't. don't
4: yeah.
0: Nope. It's fun to figure it do out. Does anybody out there know what they're doing? No
2: uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He starts grunting.
0: <laughs> so... Now that all the serious stuff is out of the way, let's have some fun. <laughs> Want to have some fun?
3: Always. Yep.
1: Sure. I've been having fun. Let's let's keep rolling. <laughs> I'm really happy to be here. So, so, you know, something that I really like talking
0: to bands about is food. And uh, you know, the the post-show ritual. Not everybody up here is in a band, so we can't necessarily make the question or answer the question in the same way I and mean, I can't ask the same question but I'm going to start with you Connor you live in Oakland right oh yeah so <laughs> late night eats uh mad Mex or fuel and fuddle what's your go-to if it's during the week then I'll go to
5: fuel yeah uh yeah if it's between those two yeah I mean there's a bunch of different places you just end up at not
0: always proud of that, but you know, we wake up the next day and it's good. (laughs) It's all good. Icky Vicky post show. Is there a place that you like to go to eat?
3: There's not a specific place that I go to eat, but there is an edible product that I use after almost every show, and I make it myself. Of course you do. Let's it's talk about it. It's called wound juice, <laughs> and it is an amazing elixir. It's edible. It'll, it'll clear your insides. It'll clean your outsides, and it's basically just lemon juice. Lemons soaked in apple cider vinegar. It's the, the soaking is the important part. Okay, And then yeah. turmeric in tincture form. And uh, you just dilute that with water, basically. But I'll take baths in it. I'll drink cups of it. Not the bath water, but you know.
4: So I definitely <laughs> use it. Thanks for clarifying. Yes, yes you, know,
3: I you can. You could render that down this. and I, make
1: a good barbecue sauce. I'm just saying.
3: <laughs> it's amazing. But I've been thinking about... Um, making it for my merch and having it in little bottles and having it say made for, for clowns by clowns. Yeah. Wound juice.
4: Okay. All right.
0: All right, Ashley. So there's been a show at the shop. Closed down. Time to go. Where are you eating?
2: I always call ahead for Fioris.
4: <laughs> always. <laughs>
2: Fiori's is always my after show, like that's long a, that's day a pizza. That's a heavy post
0: show thing. Oh,
2: It's so good. And then the next day, first thing in the morning, cold pizza. Cold slice. Oh. Fiori's is my favorite pizza, hands down, in the city. But now, since I've been working at the Blackboard shop in McKee's Rocks for the last eight months, it's been suds and subs.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've eaten a lot of sandwiches. <laughs> But that, those are my two favorites right now, for sure.
0: <laughs> Mario, now, <laughs> typically, your events
1: are catered. Yeah, I cook for, I cook for all my guests and staff <laughs> and whoever else wants to eat. There's usually a lot left. I don't know how to measure pasta ethnically. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. The whole box. So it's like... It's a matter of pounds, not people. (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, four pounds of pasta broccoli would be okay. I think I still have (laughs) leftover. But uh, I mean, um, I usually—I mean, I'll I'll eat just not to be rude to my guests, but earlier that day, I probably ate it like ten different times, (laughs) tasting it as it's cooking. So, uh, but really, like post-show, I. at this age, I'd just say a bowl of cereal.
4: <laughs> yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, when I was Connor's age, it might've been India garden or Mad Max at midnight, you know, um, but yeah, I just like, okay, well I could get this and get that, but there's cereal at home. So I usually settle for that.
0: You know, I just had a thought, you know, me and Mario have done a lot of first things together. Um, the first time I ever went to Mad Max was with Mario. That's as right, well. that's right. Yeah, that's the first kinda... time I listened to uh, like, like, I you made me listen to Faith No More a lot in Ooh. school. Uh, we've gone to, you've made me go to Mad Max, you've yeah. made me listen to Bjork. There's a lot of good things that you've brought into my life, Mario. Thank you.
1: Well, I mean, y- you had a really extensive, good black metal and death metal collection that I didn't have. <laughs> so I obviously so. needed some Bjork to...
0: Yeah, so to,
4: that the and I...
1: And I also needed some, like, you know, like to actually... Oh, wow, he actually has a copy, not like a burned CD of something, you know? But, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's what friends do. Uh, you trade music. It's It's just like any other dorky thing. It's... You know, he trade music. Hey, have you seen this? You know, and Brian I always remember uh, was one of the few people who I would actually who I went to like junior high with, and I would see him at the same shows I was at. So we would see each other at school the next day and be like, "Oh yeah, fuck yeah!" Like. Mudvayne last night was pretty dope. And, you oh, know.
2: man. <laughs> you went to a Mudvayne show? I went to a few
1: Mudvayne. I've mud never vein been <laughs> to a
2: Mudvayne really?
1: show.
2: Really? I've always wanted to. I mean, never gone.
1: How many times did we see them? Like maybe two or three? Probably. Yeah.
2: and We've,
1: ex- we've experienced things at concerts, too, which... I don't know if anybody's concert goes here, but it's always funny to see some crazy shit in the crowd, especially when you're young, because you're like, wow, adults, like, (laughs) you're you're so stupid, aren't you? And it's like, you grow up and you're like, yeah. (laughs) You remember, uh, we were at, uh, was it 18 Visions, Lamb of God and Mushroom Head? And they were playing some fucking uh grindcore band in between bands. And you and you were like, dude, what what is this all about? And some guy just looked at us, he was like, dude, these guys are called gut. And he put pointed to his belly when he said <laughs> gut.
4: <laughs>
1: you remember that? <laughs> so like that's those are other little magical things that go along with it, you know? So yeah, I mean, like
0: really the point of all of this is that, you know, it's about the memories that we make with each other. And uh, regardless of who was there and what we did, just having a story to tell the next day. I mean, you know, regardless of what happens with Crafted Sounds, Connor, you can't take away all the labels that you've or albums that you've helped release and bands that you've helped out up to this point. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's. And that's there, a lot that's
5: there forever.
0: That's a lot. Yeah.
5: No, that's and it's crazy.
0: Icky Vicky. I mean, all of the, the nails that you've laid on and the cinder blocks. <laughs> the strangers licking li-
3: blood off of my face. It's just
0: yeah, even, all
3: types of stuff. You
0: can't take any of those memories away. <laughs>
3: Never. And I mean, <laughs>
0: Ashley, like, you. how many shows have you been to in your life? How many, so many. <laughs> how many lattes have you made for oh, God, thirsty, caffeine, <laughs> deprived, humans you know how many shows have you helped facilitate how many artists have you like had in your space
2: it showcasing their work exactly what you're saying literally gets me through every fucking day is like all of those memories of all of those people that you helped in some sort of way and just had a moment with like it's so fucking special and uh, i just you can't put that into words man besides just like thanks just thanks
0: super crazy, you know, and I uh, want to make a quick thanks to anybody that took the time to come out tonight. Woo! Mm-hmm. You could do better Especially
1: than that. Especially that guy. Especially oh
4: that guy. Oh um, God. God.
0: On one leg. Um. You know, like I said, I, I've been doing this podcast for five years now. I don't, I mean, sometimes I'm going through, like, posting some uh hashtag throwback Thursday stuff. And I'm like, I completely forgot that person was even a person, not in like a rude way, (laughs) but you know, it's just like one of those things. Well, I mean like the interesting thing with the podcast now being five years in is like, there's a lot of people that have been on the show, bands that have been on the show, they're not bands anymore. So like, they're just not in the scene anymore. And like, I was talking earlier about how the first time Ashley was on the show, you're one of the first people I had on my podcast We did a whole hour and there wasn't even one mention of opening a coffee shop. It was before no. Black Forge was even a thing. Yeah. It was just like a I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. Yeah. And now you've been on the show a couple times since then, and it's like you're it's you're figuring it out. So it's not yeah. all just bands that have broken up, it's people that have like completely changed their life path and all of these different things. And, and you it's were really a huge
2: cool. part of that, man. So thank you. Yeah, that. dude. Oh boy. Oh <laughs> yeah. <dude>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, I think my,
0: my closing remarks to the four of you and the three of you out there is that, yeah, I know. I'm just being a, a turd.
4: <laughs>
0: a C-U-N-T is what I'm best at. Um,
4: <laughs>
0: uh, if you want to do something, do it. If you can't do it, figure out what you got to do to make it happen. Nothing is impossible. The only person stopping you is yourself or maybe the negative people around you, you know? Don't let negative people in your life and blah, 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 blah. I don't know, I'm probably gonna do this for another five years, so I have no big speech to say right now. I just wanna thank you all for coming out. Make some noise for my friends. Connor Murray, Icky Vicky, Ashley Quartz, Mario Cusco. Please check out everything that they're doing respectively. I'm not gonna ask you to all plug all of your things. You have internet and you know how to work it. So that'll be it. And I guess I should do an outro, right? Hold on one second. Hold on, 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 hold on. There it is. And that's all folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I hope you all walk away with a little bit more, uh, I don't know, responsibility in your life. I don't fucking know. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. Sykes, start the beat 2019. Thanks
4: for listening.
0: And please... Please feel free to hang out for a little bit. If you don't know somebody, get to know them, establish some relationships, become friends with people, and uh, that's it. Thank you, guys.